Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning again, everybody. We are blessed in this wonderful church family and in our wonderful community with a sense of faith and good fellowship, right? It feeds our souls, it nurtures our families, it gives us purpose, gives us personal, individual purpose about how to help and encourage others to do whatever ministry or service God may be calling you to, all to further our own faith and to share that good hope and encouragement with others. Bottom line, West Texas faith and fellowship is good faith and fellowship, right? Yet this wonderful way of being and interacting with others isn't the only thing going on out there. Some of the people we encounter are not part of this warm way of faith and friendship and godly values. And sometimes, uh, maybe just once in a while, uh, we're not part of it either in some of our interactions. But let's think about those, uh, those people out there. Some people's sin and rough-edged personalities seem selfish and uncaring. And sometimes, worse yet, they seem to openly reject our good values In a sense, it's rejecting us, right? Or at least we feel that way. And sometimes these uh, particular folks seem to take no responsibility for how misguided they are and how much they hurt other people. How do you deal with folks who seem so lost to God's love and healing? Do we just not deal with them, consigning them to reap the reward of their sin and selfishness. That's easier sometimes, right? Or do we talk about them, code word gossip, dressed up as concern? Sometimes we do that. Or do we just live life together, practicing acceptance seeding in kindness, trust? Or is that signing off on their sin? Doesn't somebody need to straighten them out? Our gospel reading today, one of the most profound passages in all of Scripture, shows us how to deal with such hard people. It takes up almost an entire chapter in the Gospel of John, that says it is really important. And unlike many, many other stories of Scripture, there are myriad details of the conversation, of how it happened, of the words that were said. Why is that? It shows us Jesus' way of dealing with people who apparently don't care about His values or worse yet, seemed to reject him outright. As we heard read, a woman walked up to Jesus at a well 
she was personally responsible for being banished to come get water only during the scorching heat of midday instead of in the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening when the other ladies of the town of Sikhar gathered their water because she was what we used to call a strumpet, a loose woman, married five times, the Elizabeth Taylor of her day. If you don't know who that is, just Google Elizabeth Taylor. And currently living with a guy in a, an age and a society very unlike ours. When such behavior, especially sexual sin, was absolutely taboo, absolutely shameful, absolutely shocking. What did Jesus do? How did he handle it? The first thing it seems that Jesus did was cut through the barriers. Cut through the barriers. Because Jesus' heart is a heart of compassion. Jesus' words are words of encouragement. Jesus' actions are actions of healing. The barriers. Jesus had every excuse not to talk to this woman. First, she was a woman off limits to pious Jews. That's why you heard the apostles sort of wondering and talking about why is Jesus even talking to this lady. Second, she was a Samaritan who the Jews dismissed because of their differing religious beliefs. You could hear Jesus and the woman talking about which mountain do we worship God on and that kind of thing. Finally, she was a notorious sinner. Jesus was placing his own reputation on the line by even being seen with a woman like this. But Jesus ignored all that. He cut through the barriers. Compassion, encouragement, healing. He engaged with this sinful and broken woman in a calm, friendly honest conversation. It's almost like they were sort of peer-to-peer, just two folks living the same life, standing at the well. They talked about her decisions, her lifestyle, her faith. It reminds me that one of the most spiritual men I know has sinned in ways that are unspeakable virtually unimaginable to good Christians on a Sunday morning. It reminds me that one of the kindest guys I know was a full-on heroin addict, long scraggly hair tatted up like you wouldn't believe. There are all kinds of reasons not to engage with people like this. Question. What barriers prevent you from engaging with the kind of person that seems so dismissive of God's goodness and light, maybe dismissive of you? What barriers might you need to sort of cut through like Jesus did with compassion, with encouragement, with the healing of Jesus. Are those barriers fear? 
Is it that other person's oddity or their mannerisms? Is it their attitude? Or is it my attitude, our own attitude? Maybe ask Jesus to help you cut through those barriers like he did with the woman at the well and see what happens. Second thing Jesus did was cut through the temptation to speak or render judgment. When this woman walked up to him, did Jesus do what everybody else in the village of Sychar presumably had been doing for years? Point the finger, straighten this woman out. In other words, judge and condemn her vocally and publicly or secretly in gossip. No, Jesus did not accuse her. He just spoke honestly about the five husband and live-in boyfriend situation. In modern language, he might have said, how's that working for you? No, Jesus did not render judgment. Certainly, he discerned this woman's problem. Where there's smoke, there's fire. When you get that sense of something being wrong with somebody, it's probably because there's something wrong, right? Um, So discernment, and, and Jesus obviously had it when he pinpointed the nature of her problems. He did so without judgment. He just talked to her about it as if they were friends, like they were equals in the walk and temptations of life. Question, where and how do we need to cut through the temptation not to discern in our hearts and minds, but to render judgment upon someone and instead practice the calm acceptance of friendship that you want and that you have received from Jesus? Compassion encouragement, healing. Question, why not ask Jesus to help you cut through this temptation to judge like he was able to with the woman at the well and see what happens? Third thing it seems that Jesus did with the woman at the well was to cut through to the life-changing, liberating truth that she so desperately needed and that we so desperately need and want. Did you hear that little conversation about, sir, give this living water to me too? There it is. That yearning, that spiritual desire, that repentance perhaps, even as she lived this strumpet lifestyle. People ask Jesus, who knows, dozens, hundreds of times, not even recorded in Scripture, who are you really? Are you a good, good man, a, a teacher, a prophet, or something more in a society and in an age and in a culture which was desperate for something more? A savior. Hmm. 
Maybe our culture and society and age is desperate for a Savior, even though it doesn't seem to know it. Most of the time, Jesus answered these questions about who he is in a kind of open-ended way, giving a very obvious hint or piece of the puzzle, but leaving it to the person or to the crowd to come to faith on their own, in their own hearts, in their own way, in their own time. Yet, with persons and situations of desperate and dire need, Jesus revealed himself in no uncertain terms like he has for some of us. Remember the woman caught in adultery, about to be stoned, about to be killed. Jesus identified himself as who he was, forgiving her sins explicitly. I am the Lord, Jesus was saying. Listen to this conversation with the woman at the well about life and faith and get ready for one of those moments when time stopped outside this town of Sychar. The hour is coming and is now here, Jesus told the woman, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Hmm. The hour is now here. There's one of Jesus' big hints, obvious in hindsight, is the hour for true worship now, i.e. all the time, in general, in our lives, or is it now as in this very moment with me, in this moment of revelation because I'm standing here with you? The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. She was saying the Messiah, the Savior promised by God in Scripture, when he comes, he'll clear up the confusion we're having about faith like the confusion in this friendly conversation. And then in the heat of the day, beside this well outside the town of Sychar, time stopped. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, reveals himself directly and explicitly handing the keys to the kingdom to a woman who did not deserve it. She flouted godly values. She practiced sin intentionally over time. She was probably doing it in that way that we say today, in your face, brazenly. Yet Jesus answered, with compassion, with encouragement, with healing. With such people, how can we cut through to that life-changing, liberating, freeing, 
relieving truth of who Jesus is so that we can experience one of those moments when time stops with that person at Cotton Patch or at Mulberry Cafe or even in the HEB parking lot. Maybe it is by remembering that all of us have at times ignored God's values. At times, all of us, well, some of us have knowingly practiced sin. All of us have certainly had an attitude at times. Maybe you have been the woman at the well. Question. Ask Jesus to help you cut through to the life-changing, liberating, freeing, relieving truth of who he is for yourself and for that difficult, sinful person out there that you may experience and that he or she may experience time stopping and Jesus saying, I who speak to you am he. There are all kinds of reasons not to engage with these kind of folks, the women at the well, the men at the well, but Jesus cut through those barriers and talked to her like a friend and equal. There are all kinds of reasons to correctly judge and dispense straightening out to the women and the men at the well. But Jesus cut through the temptation to speak and render judgment, accepting her as she was. There are all kinds of reasons to soft pedal or to avoid that explicit conversation about who Jesus is. But Jesus cut through to that life-changing, liberating truth for you and maybe through you to those difficult people out there, those sinners who so desperately need his compassion, his kindness, encouragement, his forgiveness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much uh, that you went to such pain for us and went to such pains in this scripture, giving us the details of compassion, of love, of forgiveness that we may, with your help, and we do ask you for it, Lord, to cut through the barriers, to cut through the judgment, to cut through to the truth of who you are that we may bring relief, encouragement, love into our own lives and into the lives of those who so desperately need it. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.